Hi everyone, Taylor here. You know, at our podcast, we were wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women, as well as marginalized people who has been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So, if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment, or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from Acast. Apple, Spotify, and Google. It will make a huge differences to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, y'all! This is Jesse. Hi, this is Helen. And you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under, where this morning Helen sent me a picture to the family group chat of her and、um, her daughter eating donuts. <laughs> yeah. You acquired donuts right after your dentist appointment at eight a.m. Yeah, we booked like the first appointment in on Friday morning、mm-hmm. because initially I thought that that's the only time that I can take the kids. To the yeah, dentist、true. before their school, but now we're in lockdown,、yes. so it's exactly it's meaningless. Anyway, we still went at the eight o'clock dentist appointment, and right afterwards we went to get donuts. Do- donuts, love it. <laughs> yeah, love it. I mean, I mean, come on, seriously. Um, the dentist is happy, you know. Yeah, that you're keeping your your teeth. Gruelingly under pressure, so that they have, you know, they have a business. That's right. Your your daughter is happy. You're happy. <laughs> you know that donut that Helen sent a picture of looks pretty good. It's like sprinkled with hundreds and thousands. It's a Simpsons Homer Simpsons donut. Oh really?、Yeah. Is that what they call? No,、it? they didn't call it that. That's just how I named it. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought Homer's donuts were like pink. pink yeah,、placed. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 there was a pink one as well, but I just got <laughs> yeah, the sprinkled、yeah, nice. one. Yeah, you know it makes me want to make like because I've recently acquired and you know now because of this acquisition I am a fully legit domestic goddess. <laughs> I have acquired a、um, very expensive Smeg mixer. Yes,、uh, for all those non bakers out there, it means that、um, it's a mixer that is like kind of on par but not quite with a KitchenAid, and it allows you to mix things and make elaborate cakes. Anyway, in the last week or so, I've made like several batches of like bake.、Um, Not bagels, um, pretzels and cakes and、mm-hmm. like vegan pavlova and and、uh, because we're in lockdown, um, I'm kind of and we're not actually allowed to visit our friends. I don't have anyone to give these foods to, so like I've just been shipping them off to my neighbors.、Mm-hmm. So my lucky neighbors have been eating like a lot of my pastries. That's nice. And、um, yeah, I, I it's hard for me to stop like because I do want to bake. Like I, for instance, want to bake a babka, which is like a traditional Jewish kind of. Loaf.、Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's because Andrew and I recently watched、um, the Seinfeld episode about babkas, and I like went and you know wanted to go and buy、um, make a babka, but、um, but I just have like this excess amount of food that that like needs to be eaten.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes me think like because I have a running list of of like and I've shared this with Helen a running list of pros and cons of whether or not to have a baby.、Uh, yeah, that was、not. earlier this and, week. <laughs> Yeah, and one of them is like pros for having a baby, so, like someone to eat my bake goods. Oh, that doesn't happen all the time, you know. Yeah, some what kids, if my like, what if my some kids are my picky, kids allergic to lo- sugar. Yeah, or they need to be gluten, gluten, gluten. I can't even pronounce <laughs>、oh, the word. Oh, gluten intolerant.、Yeah. That's that's fine. I mean, there are so many like. Baked goods that are gluten free、mm-hmm. these days, so that's fine. But if they're like allergic to sugar, then that would be pretty shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.、Um, so Helen, I got I've like caught up with a lot of things this week.、Mm-hmm. Um, I read two books. I watched Never Have I Ever season two.、Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> let's start with you and what you want to talk about this week. Um, you were watching Survivor Australia. Yeah, firstly, I want to mention Survivor Australia and shout out to Wei, who's the author of The Amazing Power, The Amazing Power of a Good Dumpling. Uh, it's a YA novel. I mentioned her earlier this year, I think. Yeah, so it's a novel, a mm. YA novel about. Chinese immigrants and mental health、uh, relationship with you know parents etc etc and I really loved it and I actually exchanged some DMs with Wei. Surprisingly, I didn't know this、uh, before that the release of Survivor Australia came out、mm-hmm. that she's one of the contestant on it. Really? So we finally have an Asian female on、uh, a mainstream TV show. Right. Yeah, I haven't watched Survivor Australia for like many years. I remember. I first... didn't even know that. I didn't even know that reality TV was still, <laughs> still a thing. Yeah, I know. Still a thing that people watched. Yeah, <laughs>、uh, I just saw that、um, we haven't really watched Survivor Australia for so many years, and it kind of slipped out of my mind, and the reality show fade kind of like passed. Us well, at least for me,、mm. I don't really watch reality shows anymore. Firstly, I thought I think it's partially set up, and maybe I'm at the age I just don't want to watch it anymore. However, when I saw the news that Wei is、uh, involved with the show, I was interested to see how a different, like a different characteristics of personnel that will appear in a re- reality show in Australia, which is predominantly very white. White, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I don't know how to say this, but I kind of expected how it's gonna happen. But yeah, at the same time, I don't want my expectation to be portrayed in the show because I、mm. know that it's pretty much a reality show reflects on the overall society of Australia. And indeed,、mm. it's when I watched the first episode, is it? It is indeed like a epitome of <laughs> Australian society because she's the only Asian woman. In、mm. the show,、um, I don't know how. I haven't really talked to Wei personally about it. However, I, I feel like I can see the group interactions and the personal interactions is very much like how I experienced through in high school as well. Yeah, as in, in what way? You usually、um, you don't see a very close relationship if you're a person of color、mm. um, in a group of white people. As in、yeah. the connection is not that deep compared to white person to white person, yeah. And there's always a distance. Yeah, absolutely. In the first episode, you can already see、uh, a very dominant、um, taken over by a white dude who is the, who is a doctor. Okay. Yeah. A guy called Mitchell, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Did you yeah, watch、I'm, it? I I only know this because I'm currently on the Ten Play website. Okay. And I'm seeing all the faces of the survivors. Uh huh. Uh huh. The contestants. Yeah. And in the first episode, this Mitchell dude is already like gathering the rest of the team, and the first person he wants to eliminate was Wei. Right. Yeah. So, does he say? Does he say why? Yeah, he said he spoke to. You know how the game, the usually the game that plays out is that our、oh, individuals will go and speak to someone. It's a very like a、uh, high school backstabbing kind of strategy、yeah. to yeah, get rid、well, of someone. Is- Yeah. Oh yeah, it is reality TV. Yeah, that's right. And the first person he was, you know, trying to eliminate was White because he felt like, oh, she didn't do that well in the games that、right. they did that day.、Right. And from my observation of the first episode, was that、um, you can tell no one really listened to her. Like、right. in the first game that they play, 
I guess Wei probably volunteered to do the instruction of a particular、mm. game where she had to stand on a very higher platform、mm. to see what's underneath and solve the puzzle. And she's giving instructions, and everyone down on the ground were just muddling around, not really listening to her. She's supposed to be the one who's, you know, shouting out the instruction because, from her point of view, she can see which what strategy could be played out is yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, she just shout out. I think she shout out like, "Oh, everyone, listen to me!" or something like that. Yeah,、like、everyone yeah. has to be silent. Yeah. yeah, and it just reflects on the invis- invisibility for an Asian、uh, female. I mean, I'm、yeah. reflecting on my high school life that. I was never really outspoken and wasn't really given any chance to speak out at group assignments.、Mm. Yeah, do you think it's your own cultural upbringing that kept you silent, or the sort of fulfillment of the expectation by the cultural norms that you know an Asian woman is ten- has a tendency to be more quiet? I think it's both.、Mm. Yeah, yeah. I have come into scenarios where if it's a group of Say mostly people of color.、Mm. Everyone would suggest you to speak at least once, as、yeah. in ask ask you for your opinion, things like that. But whereas、mm. if I'm in the group w- which is dominated by white people, you're pretty much invisible, as in they assume that you don't have any opinions or. Oh yeah, I, I'm. I know what、yeah. you mean. Absolutely,、mm-hmm. I've I've been in that situation my whole life growing up <laughs> in Australia. Sorry, I think、yeah. that's part of why I wrote, wrote the book because、mm-hmm. I was like, there are no books out there or stories out there of just like an a, an Asian a person in an Asian body who like is who has opinions and is loud and is sexual in in her on her own terms. Yeah, you know? like is not docile. I just hate I hate、um, femin seeing femininity in in People within a female body, and、mm-hmm. I say that even though I myself have have demonstrated and continue to do continue to display elements of femininity every day in my life, you know.、Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, Helen, like listening to you speak about Wei, and I'm cons- I'm I- I'm guessing she got eliminated pretty soon after that. Uh, I haven't followed up. I don't think she was eliminated this week. She is. I think she's still in. Oh, okay. Yeah, she yeah. was still in the team.、Okay. Yeah. I'm hearing that、uh, like a, a lot of hurt in your voice as you. Oh, really? Talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of hurt is that because the first episode, the contestant was eliminated was a queer people of color. It was another、Person、artist. Yeah.、Oh. Yeah,、oh, the Phil, Phil, the yeah, that's right.、Artist. Yeah, yeah. I follow right, him、yeah. on the Instagram as well because he's just really talented on crochet. You know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 It's like with mainstream TV. Anything、like、that's not mainstream. Yeah. Exactly.、Uh, hetero or、uh, cis white, or straight. Cis, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Or able body. Yeah. They you will slowly, be getting rid of.、First. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly、um, flicked off the page. Yeah. 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 Far out. I I think it's great that you're looking at it just to see in which the ways in which you know popular media, commercial television treats people of color.、Mm-hmm. But、um, I remember、um, my housemate was telling me that he was watching it with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend was watching、um, The Bachelor, and they're watching that together. Okay. And I like made this awfully snide remark <laughs> to them to him the other day, like saying, "Do people still watch reality TV?" Like, and it was so nasty. <laughs> I feel really bad about it, but yeah, I was like, "Who the fuck still watches reality TV? Like, what are you from the、mm-hmm. early noughties? Like, yeah, I, I was pretty nasty, but I do have a tendency to be nasty <laughs>、um, because I have no filter. 
Uh, so interesting. So Helen's been watching Survivor. I have been, I've been catching up with, um, uh, I believe Helen finished it last week. Never have I ever season two. Oh, I finished last night. I started watching last, last week. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Me too. Great. I finished it last uh-huh. night too. I have to say I didn't love it as much as season one mm. because the stakes were not as high. Like season one was so exciting because you were like, oh, who does she get? get together with is it like you know the nerdy hot dude ben or is it the hot hot dude um the jock um uh what's his name paxton Paxton. (laughs) which can i just say the guy who plays paxton is literally the best looking human being who has ever existed like his his face is just ludicrously perfect. Um, he's actually like twenty eight or twenty nine years old yes, in real life. It's so funny when 20s, yeah. when people play teenagers mm-hmm. and they're like full grown adults. Um, what I have to say, like uh, Helen and I are going to go into detail about everything about season season two. Mm-hmm. I just want to say before we start, my favorite part of season two was actually the the episodes where we go into Paxton's past. So Paxton oh, yeah. is like half Japanese, mm-hmm. and and a couple of episodes explores that um, his his grandfather was in part of the internment camps, like the camps mm-hmm. in California during World War Two or before World War Two. See, I don't even I didn't even listen to it properly, and like I really like those parts where um, Paxton was given a backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually one episode also where Gigi Hadid narrates Paxton's yes. story. Yeah, and I love that. That was really cool. And I also like I'm a big fan of. Like, I, I think Gigi Hadid's voice is great. Like, I'm not a fan of her, particularly, just because, you know, I I don't think there's anything special about her other than that she's, like, blisteringly hot. But she has a great voice. Mm-hmm. Like, it's super deep, and she was quite funny. So she took over for one episode over um, John Mac... Mac- what, what's his name? Yeah. Um, yeah. The tennis player. The tennis player. Is it John? Yeah, it's John. Yeah, is it John? I feel like it's something else. Because we always call him, like, the, by his surname, McElroy, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's not John. Anyway... We might look at it later. So, Helen, um, over to you. What did you think about season two? Okay, so I put in a very analytical... I don't know how to explain it. I, I put it into a very analytical paragraph for season two, uh, which divides yeah. into like romance relationship, female relationship, um, the part about Camilla Davies. Oh, yes. Camilla is um, Davies' cousin, cousin yeah. who also gets like a lot of story, mm-hmm. the subplot, uh, backstory yeah. in the second season. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the session with a therapist and just Davies' individual behaviors towards the whole situation. And finally, I want mm. to emph- I want to reiterate on the uh, narrative that the whole scenario is calling her crazy. Um, yeah. Which Which one should we start? Should we start with a romance uh, relationship? Yeah. So at the end of um, season one, um, Davy. Um, is kind of like she's in the car and she has her first kiss with Ben. And then at the beginning of season two, she goes to her friends and deliberates who to date, mm-hmm. either, either Bax- Paxton or Ben. Um, she obviously is like um, much more, has much more in common with Ben, but her friends convince her to date Paxton because, you know, like when in the history of the universe has an ordinary plain looking even though i think actually the woman who plays the girl who plays davy is like really pretty yeah she's good the sort of plain looking mm-hmm. yeah the plain looking um girl um the sort of the one ethnic well i wouldn't add in ethnic because uh, because only because they're because like there have been so many plain girls regardless of 
you know, mm-hmm. their race. Okay. But yeah, ethnic def- definitely has something to do with it. But just like when in the universe of history of the universe has like the plain girl been able to date the jock? Mm-hmm. You know, that never happens. The yeah. jock always has, um, you know, el- is eligible to date the hottest girl in the, uh, and the most popular girl mm-hmm. in the school. And he usually does. Um, so, so they convince her to date um, Paxton and then she kind of tries to date them both and then that breaks up. But yeah, there's this uh, underlying narrative of um, her being crazy in that she tries to bite off more than she can yeah. chew. Um, I think it's interesting because uh, on the screen we've never really seen a girl of colour um, has... I'm guessing, like, from our own perspective that uh, a person of colour has always been taught to be faithful to one person. Speaking of where she was dating both boys at the same time, some people can consider Mm. that she was um, unfaithful or cheating. But from her point of view, she couldn't decide at the time. Yeah. And to me, I think that's a challenge for Davy had taken up to break the barrier because she enjoined being the center of the attention of two boys wouldn't that be great yeah. i mean you know it's it's like you're the hot stuff yeah you don't have to be just be with one person however yeah. I, I feel like the scrutiny that davy got is much harsher compared to the guys who are cheating either on reality in reality or on screen you know again i feel like the patriarchy punishes women more on doing the same thing like when the boys say Paxton doesn't see it's anything wrong for his friends to come over for when he was having a date with Davy. Yeah, the first day his friends were there, like it was so freaking weird. Like, and they were playing video games while she was there and like ordering. I know that's just atrocious. <laughs> and to me, it's just shows that how much female needs to follow the rules set by the patriarchy. Otherwise, they're there. Otherwise they are deeply punished. And males can change the rules all the time and be flexible for their own good. Um, I, I actually hate the part where Paxton blames Davy about his own injury from the car accident where he walked out from the party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, no, there are so mm. there are so many instances actually. This second season even though I didn't enjoy it as much, this second season is actually much more sort of meaty and substantial in the sense that it mm-hmm. it, it, it deals with a lot of really really heavy stuff. So That's for right. instance like um you have gaslighting happening from Paxton to against Davy, you have that you have a really toxic, abusive, gaslighting kind mm-hmm. of relationship yep. from Eleanor's new boyfriend, Malcolm, which was like atrocious to watch. It's absolutely atrocious. Um, you have like the most abhorrent kind of sexism yes. and discrimination happening in Kamala's workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamala works as like a, a scientist and in some lab. Um, yeah, there, there's so much more meeting meaty stuff in the second season. Yeah, that, that that I think a lot of adult women can relate to. Yeah, definitely. So I'm just hoping that um, you know the younger range of audiences can actually see and pick out these issues and kind of reflect on their current relationship or hopefully like future relationships and just watch out the signs that could happen, you know, coming out from the guys. Because mm. when you grow up in a society that they think that is normal but it's uncomfortable for you, you don't really voice out into someone else's will kind of tell you about it. Yeah. So on to female friendships. Do you think Davy is a very self-centered person? Yeah, absolutely. But you love her nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because she's so funny and sort of like, 
there's one episode in the towards the end of the season where she's like really down on herself and has no personality. I thought that was quite confronting to watch because oh, okay. like the whole episode, uh, the whole um, show up till that point, she was really bubbly and chill and cool. She's very broy, and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very self-centered, but you know we forgive her because she's like you know sixteen. Mm-hmm. I think. From the first season and also the second season, yeah, my observation is that she yeah do value romance higher uh, more than her female friendships. Yeah, there's a lot of um. I mean, this is the beauty of watching shows like this, like where if you have a problem, you kind of confront your friends about it. But like seriously, I IRL in real life that never happens. We kind of just seethe in our in our cave of misery and like hate the people without telling them why you hate them. Yeah, eventually, I think at that age you probably do. Um, but at the same time, she does look out for her friends. You know, whenever that uh Fab or Eleanor that she can sense something that is not right. That she will tell them directly, yeah, which is really good, I think. Yeah. About Davy's behavior,、um, yeah, I found it interesting to see the change between the interaction. Of her and her mother, yeah. From the very beginning of season two, where her mum was just complaining, yeah,、uh, was angry about how Davy kissed Ben just a moment, moments are right after they scattered her dad's yeah ashes, and then towards the end of the season, it kind of like the kind of the scenario turns around because her mum was starting to go out and date. And then、um, Davy turns around and blames her mom. That oh, how can you do this? It feels like the dynamic has changed. I do wonder why that female likes to uphold their own sense of standard onto another female. You know, and I I found it interesting that the the grandmother's character that kind of inserted into season two to become like a mediator. That was really good to see. I love that. Do you mean like it's interesting the way that women police other women in terms of how much? Yeah, you know they go and chase men. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's that's one aspect, and I really like seeing that the role of the grandmother is actually be there, right, but、yeah. not taking sides. As、mm. in, she's the rational ones. Like she knows that. Because usually, if you think about it, usually if you your daughter in law. Because this is like the paternal grandmother, so、yeah. he she lost her son, and the, usually the mother-in-law would be、yeah. more of a traditionalist and wouldn't want you know their daughter-in-law be、yeah. going out seeking love very soon after the passing of the、yeah. the, the, the son, her son, the partner. But in this situation, she didn't really say anything of that. She wasn't against it. She was actually unhappy about how Davy was policing her mother's or intervening her mother's love life.、Um, yeah, love, love. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. really like、um, the mother-in-law. I think she's a great character. Yeah, the grandmother yeah. is so good.、She's、love not, her. Like non-traditional. <laughs> That's right. Because there's an episode、yeah. where Davy's mother goes back to India、mm-hmm. to kind of tie the ropes up because they had plans to move back. Thinking that her family would support her, but then she realized that her own family are quite conservative. And just like wanting to marry her off to like a seventy-year-old, yeah, old dude, like、oh、single.、Goodness. Yeah, that was quite awful, actually. <laughs> that scene,、um, 
but yeah, the introduction of more of fa- Davy's family into the house, mm-hmm. into the family home, was really great. Yeah. What do you think about Kamala's um, subplot? Oh, I love it. I love Kamala's subplot. It's like a journey mm-hmm. for her as well. It's a learning trajectory for her um, yeah. to actually seeing the reality of working in the male dominant field. And she did try. She tried to fit in, mm. but it didn't mm. work out for her. So she decided, mm. well, she taken up. She asked uh, Davy for advice, and she pretty much threw out the idea of she grew up with, as in the conservative idea of following the rules as a female. Yeah, yeah. So um, Kamala is working as a sort of like biotech person in a lab, and she has been selected in p- to join this like really elite team with a very very well known Nobel Prize winning scientist, and she's the only female in this group um, with about 10 or 12 other men and she is like ostensibly really kind of um, like on the first day the group leader basically this like ugly white dude tells her to like clean the Bunsen burners or something because like she's given yeah, yeah she's given like a really um, awful like clearly just like clearly being told being put in her place you know mm-hmm. as a woman and it's like awfully awfully um horrifying to watch um and it's so clear the the sexism that's going on and then um a few episodes later we've realized that she makes this grand discovery which is then appropriated by the rest of the team and then when the paper is about to be published she realizes her name is not on the paper the Mm -hmm. research paper and she goes up to she finally wins herself uh you know a breakfast an hour with the nobel prize winning um scientist and then she tells him this is what's happened like i came up with the um i came up with this idea this solution and mm-hmm. uh, my name is not being put on this research paper and then the response that you get from like that scene with that guy that old guy who just wants to talk about himself mm-hmm. like literally just, um that scene was so incredibly um for me powerful because it was so real I yes. have to say, it was so mm-hmm. fucking real like i have seen and i have sat in so many office rooms around Australia in my time working across law, across education, across music, where, like, as a woman, you approach someone, usually a guy, usually a white dude, with a... um, Really a complaint, right? Something... You have an agenda something, yeah. Yeah, because something has not been... Something that has occurred, something that's occurred that should not have occurred has has occurred, Mm -hmm. and you're going... To seek justice, and um, what happened to Kamala was this guy basically said, oh, "I don't want you to, you know, use your precious time with me to make a complaint. Like I don't deal with office politics, basically." Mm-hmm. So he's like wiping his hands off what's going on day to day, and like kind of just saying, "You deal with this shit." Mm-hmm. That is literally what always happens um, when a woman tries to seek recourse for justice yeah. for for some sort of like discrimination. Mm-hmm. Not only like apart from that, it just shows the incompetence of the guys who are up in up in the management hierarchy that they are not skillful enough to deal with issues like this. Um, mm. Even if they have the skill, they choose not to deal with it. I don't think it's a lack of skills. Mm-hmm. I think it's a um, total but, lack of seeing that woman as a human being. Mm-hmm. That's why he doesn't care. That's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I, I actually got. got 
a little bit upset about the response from her boyfriend as well. Oh yeah, it was awful. It was I, I feel awful. like there's a deeply fixated, internalized uh, sexism. By the yeah. way, this guy was a, a arranged marriage. Yeah. Like an arranged um, boyfriend. Yeah, he's he's good on every level. But when she brought up about this lab uh, incident where she yeah. couldn't get her name onto the paper, where that she actually made a discovery of whatever that the um, journal that they are going to write about, he just initially he said, "Oh, just go with it. You know, um, try to get yeah. along with your colleagues." And then yeah. later, when she kind of enforced and expressed her frustration about not getting her name on it he didn't really push her to speak out about it so i feel like yeah you're a good guy uh, yeah because he didn't see the injustice in yeah it. and you don't really see the injustice to her and what i love about camilla's action about the proposal dinner that she just ran out of the house she escaped from it yeah. because i think that she probably probably the incident has awaken her to know that this guy is not for her she yeah. deserves much better <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean what what we all want is just a, a partner who can see us um as equal human beings mm-hmm. right yeah I, I i kind of see um i've noticed this i didn't really notice it in the second in the first season but i've noticed um and have been jealous of the fact that um, Davy has a therapist because mm-hmm. I'm like I if I had a therapist when I was like 16 16 <laughs> I would be a much more healthier 33 year old mm. right now honestly and I'm like jealous that she gets to like um, spend you know once a week just talking to someone about her love life mm-hmm. which is ostensibly what she does when she goes to see her therapist yeah. who's like in the show she's like this really cool black woman with like amazing hair and like amazing sass yeah. and really awesome necklaces love her i love her yeah what do you think about what do you think about the therapist she's great she's brilliant i think she um gives good guidance to davy and she she's pretty firm about things that she knows that davy uh, reacts to is not right uh, she tells mm. her directly. Mm. To me, it looks like the role of a lot of parents could be, I, I guess a lot of parents, myself as well, could learn from this therapist of how to communicate to our kids in that way. Because yeah. often as parents, it's really hard to communicate with your kids because you're so involved with your kids and so much yeah. emotion is tangled with it and it's really hard to communicate rationally. I think the therapist did a yeah. great job to talk to Davy about, you know, her issues. Yeah. Yeah. And and Helen, you sent me a piece from a, the genius Zoya Patel yes. who wrote about this sh- season two and mm-hmm. this show in The Guardian. Tell me about that piece because I haven't read it. I'm just going to quickly quote a, para- a couple of sentences from that piece. Um, she gave a great introduction in her insights in the piece. Um, she said that Davy is an Indian-American, but Davy is also much more than that. She is obnoxious, precarious, principled, funny, insecure, sweet, and hopelessly out of control when it comes to her emotions. Davy is Indian, but she is also a person, not a character of an Indian mi- Indian migrant, there to serve a cu- as culture dressing on a white bread sandwich. I think the part about she's hopelessly out of control when it comes to her emotions. Mm. I want to make the connection about how. In the second season, there's a narrative framed around Davy that a lot of people have called her crazy. Mm. I think it's very deeply ingrained in our society to call females crazy when yeah. you can't control 
your emotional, or you don't follow the rules of the society of how to behave.、Mm. You know, in the public arena, and the word "crazy" has been used so many times. For example, I just want to bring up with Britney Spears how damaged that could be for、yeah. a person's mental well-being. Yeah. Well, um, before we go on to our so that is the second season of Never Have I Ever. It's ten episodes. Um, absolutely, go out and watch it, guys. It's just like so. Um, it's such like sort of comforting, comforting.、Mm. Um. Serious and it's super funny.、Um, before we go on to our main topic and take a break, I want to just mention two quick books that I went through、um, mm-hmm. this week. Nikki Gemmell's book Dissolve, which is coming out, I believe, next month, is a,、uh, a book of nonfiction slash memoir when she basically talks about. The time in her early twenties when she fell in love with a guy was almost going to get married, but then realized that、um, the marriage would not work because he was like a selfish writer.、Um, I have spoken to Nikki about it. I interviewed her, and my piece on my interview with her will come out next week in、uh, Women's Agenda.、Um, you, I think, if you are a woman、um, and you are in any kind of creative capacity in your job or in your hobby, you should totally read this. It's like. Deeply, deeply, it's deeply important to to read about a story of in about a woman who has realised the ways in which men continue to kind of consume the female artistic creativity in、mm-hmm. so many of us. The second book、um, I've just finished this morning is a book by Legacy Russell, who's actually、um, a creator、um, based in America,、uh, based in New York, I believe.、Um, and she wrote a very short book called Glitch, Fenomen- Glitch Feminism, which is like this sort of manifesto about what it means to be oh,、um, uh, what it means to be a true sort of feminist、um, mm-hmm. in real life. And she kind of. Looks at the ways in which, like the damaging ways in which the gender binary have constricted our way of changing the world for the better, and、um, I found this like thoroughly, thoroughly interesting. I love the kind of aggressive nature in which she attacks binary gender.、Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to be women, we don't have to be men. We can be something in between,、yes. and we need to be more fluid with with,、yes. with the way in which we approach gender、um, and the sort of possibilities that that opens up. So two books I recommend: Nikki Gemmell's Dissolve and Legacy Russell's Glitch Feminism. Great, fantastic.、Uh, so we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, Helen is gonna run us through the spate of sexism in sports as we approach、Olympics. the Tokyo Olympics、yeah. on Friday, which I cannot still, I still cannot believe is actually yeah, happening. Unbelievable, considering like we're in lockdown, <laughs>、yeah. and, and also like a lot of people are still getting COVID, yeah, aren't they? In, in Japan, stay emergency there. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be right back. Hey guys, so we're back.、Uh, the Tokyo Olympic Games is happening, I believe, Friday our、mm-hmm. time sometime. The opening ceremony. Helen, are you going to watch this? I don't know. I have no idea if I'm going to watch it. Actually, Friday. Oh, today's Friday. I just remember it's actually going to happen tonight. Oh my god, it's today. <laughs> I've lost the track of the time. Far out. It's so funny. Oh no. I don't know. Usually on Friday evenings we watch. Um, whatever that's updated on Disney Channel <laughs> with the kids. Okay, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and I do feel the kids are not really into it like us when we were growing up. You know, and the Olympics were、yeah. happening, and everyone gets so excited. 
Yeah. Yeah, I remember the 2000 Olympics, with, which was in Sydney, and the opening ceremony. That was massive, yeah. I still remember it so clearly. <laughs> so um, I'm looking yeah. at the um, mm-hmm. Google right now, and I, I'm trying to figure out when the opening ceremony is. Do you know, Helen? I am sure you'll be like tonight. We're oh, two it says, hours yeah. It says ahead um, of... Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony will start at 9 p.m. on Friday. Uh-huh. I see. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about this week in the relation of sports? Uh, is that yeah. a couple of sexism or sexist misogynistic news came out this week. The first one is the new uh, new sorry, Norwegian female beach handball team. I didn't even know there's a beach handball team. I thought that would be like volleyball team that happened on the beach. But anyway, uh, they've been fined for, I think, a thousand, was it a thousand euros per player because they were not wearing the appropriate competition outfits instead of the bikini bottom they were wearing like bike shorts have you seen the picture yeah yeah i have yeah this news came out and then followed by another sexist uh news where a female paralympian olivia brain olivia olivia brain uh was commented at i think it probably was a trial or something by a official at the olympic saying that her the Bottom, the, sorry, the briefs that she was wearing was were too short. So it feels like whatever that female mm. wears, you get deeply scrutinized and it's never right. Uh, it's so annoying because when I see the picture mm. of a combined female and male handball Norwegian team that the guys were wearing like proper, like they, they were covered more and they were more exposed for the female players. Like the female players were just wearing like a sports bra and the bikini bottom, whereas the male players right. were wearing a vest, a sports vest and a, um, like basketball shorts. So they were more exposed. And when they choose to wear a right. bike pants, um, perhaps that was more comfortable for them. And I can understand. Can you imagine wearing bikini uh yeah. bikini border and running around playing uh, extreme sport it would just run up your ass honestly so uncomfortable yeah yeah um yeah but on yeah. the other hand it shouldn't be criticized yeah. yeah yeah it seems pretty ludicrous it seems like um i mean i don't know how you do it i i tend to i mean as part of my job i have to stay on top of all these things but um it's it's quite exhausting to kind of mm be in the world and receive all these things from the media where like um you 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 kind of have real world evidence of women being um penalized basically for not mm-hmm. adhering to certain rules that as you say as so many times Helen have been made up by men mm. you know mm-hmm. it's confusing it's deeply confusing to be a woman and yeah. deeply um also uh, deeply humiliating when you have people like John Coates um, the Australian Olympics, um, <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, committee head or something, committee, yeah, uh, the uh, president, yeah. uh, basically mansplaining to Anastasia Palaget about what will happen for the twenty twenty three Olympics, I believe, which is like, was it won by a, uh, was it, it was won by Brisbane, wasn't it? 
Can you tell us the full extent? Yeah, it's a 20, oh, 32. Yeah. Can you tell us the full extent of the story, Helen? Yeah, so last, uh, I think it was, uh, it happened yesterday morning, Wednesday, Wednesday evening that we got the news that Brisbane has won the betting for holding the Olympics for 2032. There was a lot of debates uh, for the Anastasia Palaszczuk, the Queensland Premier, to travel to Tokyo to mm-hmm. find out the results because at the moment, Australia, you know, half of Australia is in lockdown and we're kind of restricting people flying in and out of Australia already. Um, anyway, so Premier Anastasia is in Tokyo to wait for the result and they know by Wednesday evening that Brisbane has got it. And then Thursday morning they had a press conference to kind of express, of it, you know, like to... I don't know what there was a press conference about. I think they were just telling mm-hmm. everyone that, oh, we're going to have it in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. It's just, I guess it's a formality. And then uh, Joan, what's his name? Joan Coates. Yeah. He's the head of, yeah, he's the head of Australia Olympic Committee. Oh, okay. Uh, he was just saying, what was he saying again? He was just saying that, oh, you should attend the opening on Friday night, wasn't it? Because Anastasia wasn't going to yeah, go. He, yeah, we're going to link the actual video so mm. listeners can have a look. But he basically was like, um, he one, one point he said, have you been? Like, have you been to the Olympics? Well, I have, so you should listen to me. And, and it was his body language as well as the way he was putting her down publicly that was really abhorrent to any woman who was watching it. Mm-hmm. It was just terrible. It was just so yeah. awkward. And the tone yeah. of his voice and, like you said, his yeah. body language was just yeah, very patronising. Yeah. yeah, it was gross. Yeah. I um, I watched it thinking um, I have literally sat in front of, like, 25,000 men. <laughs> no, maybe not that much, but I can count... Um, with more hands, that more fingers than I have mm-hmm. on my body, the number of instances where I have sat in a room where a straight old white guy who looks exactly like John Coates has done that mm. to not just someone else but often mostly a woman, honestly. Like any woman who watches that footage will know exactly a guy like that in her life, in mm-hmm. her professional life, who has done that. Yeah, it's just so sickening to watch. It's sickening to watch. Yeah. And the awkward moment... The awkwardness, the silence. Yeah. But at the same time, the Premier Anastasia, she was just making a response saying that I'm, I wasn't, I'm not going to offend anyone. Yeah, she was just... She couldn't... Yeah. She was just very polite. Yeah, you she, know, was, again, she was being woman, a woman. She, she was being yeah. a woman who knew that as a woman, <sighs> she had to be polite, that she wasn't going to offend anyone because mm. she knew that if she lashed out, she would be penalised in a way that a man would not. So she was just like... I yeah. know. It's just so hard seeing her I to know, like she, forcibly to put into her place. Yeah, and be, be and seeing how she was making herself smaller. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, it really is very to sickening see. to watch. I don't know how to uh, <laughs> conclude this topic, honestly. Well, we won't. We'll just move on straight on to good news. That's how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to do two shout-outs on our episode this week. Firstly is coming from Cooperative Creative Victoria. We have uh, received uh, from Rosie, who had reached out to Jesse about a new project. As we know that writing and illustration other areas lacking intersectionality and they want to do something about it. 
CCO Victoria have an upcoming project is to publish country's first book of short stories written and illustrated and also edited 100% by 100% women of colour, creative collaboration. This project is being supported by Victorian government through Creative, uh, sorry, creative Victoria. They are after stories of intersectional experience of first or subsequent generation migrant women of colour living in Victoria. Yeah, I had to emphasize that, Victoria, because I didn't know. I thought it was open to the rest of Australia. Oh, I, right, I didn't know that either. No wonder when I was like, oh, I might contribute something. And maybe I won't now because I don't live in Victoria. But honestly, guys, the deadline is October, oh, is August 8th. Try and get something in. They're just taking in submissions at, right now for like um, proposals. Mm-hmm. So make like you don't have to have written the piece. Yeah. I have to stress that. Yeah, you, you can be a new be... writer, a new illustrator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just have to have an idea and then you just simply email them mm-hmm. so helen's gonna put that link on. yeah the show we'll have the well, link on the show note definitely yeah because they're a great initiative mm-hmm. um so they want to publish stories about they are there are four main topics the first one is the challenges we face second one the beauty behind our resilience third one the valuable lessons we have learned and can offer to others and fourth one our ask from our society to do better so that less divisive future can be achieved in the next 10 years i'm sure a lot of writers and illustrators women of color could resonate with all the topics that i've just mentioned absolutely this book will include a total of 15 writers and 15 illustrators and they are looking for applications right now in addition to being published, all successful applicants will be paid $400 for their work. Yeah, which is really good. Mm-hmm. We all need to be brilliant for our work. Definitely. Firstly, to check uh, how's everyone's mental health because we're in lockdown at, at the end of the fourth week. How mm. are everyone feeling? What are you doing to maintain your sanity? You know, yeah. we're welcoming our listeners to share our tips. Um, how how's your mental health or sorry, how's your mental well-being, Jess? Well, um, it's good because I am watching a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. I am texting a lot of friends. Yes. I am um, seeing my partner. I am talking to you. I am reading a lot of books and getting on with my um, work as a book reviewer. And um, we're also keeping to date with our friends by playing code names. Yes. Um, together uh, online. So and that's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, communicating friends through like FaceTime, video conferences, mm. etc. Um, we've done exercise. <laughs> through FaceTime as well. Helen and I have done exercise together, which is, like, really nice. We just, like, watch a YouTube exercise video together and then, like, do it together. Yeah. So it feels like we're doing something with someone Mm -hmm. rather than just by yourself. That's right. That's right. I mean, by keeping our sanity is exercise, that's so important. So here we're going to do a shout-out to Butter Butter, a brand of activewear that I've been following since the beginning of the establishment. I think it was around, like, mid last year Mm -hmm. or the year before. Great. Um, I've made a purchase of the leggings and honestly they're so great like I don't give out I don't give shout out to a product or services unless I've tried their products myself yeah and like reach out for them to collaborate the khaki color leggings I've bought has the fabric is like the most softest and yet they had like contours my legs perfectly that's nice even when I was doing um, rock climbing yeah yeah awesome yeah so I really really like them uh, so Butter Butter, a uh, woman-led brand that was formed with a global pr- objective in mind to produce a carefully 
curate a range of active wear that addresses the most co uh, common pain points in women all around the world. Whether you're lounging around or gone at the gym, active wear should be functional, flattering, and excel in performance. They have advanced proprietary blend in the fabrics that are manufactured to exceed the current standard on the market. I've looked through their website and have reached out to them if they would like to do a collaboration. And if you can see a lot of like, they have social responsibilities, they're not fast, fast fashion type of mm. active wear. So it's really, really good. And I spoke to Eleanor and Michelle through emails and they are doing, they're, they're giving our listeners a $10 off on each order with the code ABDU10 at the checkout. Right. Yeah. So remember that the shipping is free for orders over $100 for Australia and New Zealand and $150 mm -hmm. Over for the rest of the globe. I want to stress, Butter Butter's products are reasonable priced. Like at the same time, they're very durable. Mm, that's terrific. Yeah, it's really good. So down the track for the next couple of weeks, uh, I'll probably do a bit more mention of, the, of their products and we'll mention how our exercise going if this lockdown is extended yeah, definitely. through FaceTime. Yeah, it's really good because I've done it with my friends as well. I, I, I guess if you allocate a time to FaceTime your friends. It's like going to a gym for a class as well. You know it's there. You can't miss yeah, it exactly. because if you set a time for yourself, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm so lazy. I just don't want to do it. The time goes and you forget about it. But whereas you allocate a time with your friend and your friend will probably push you a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, I have I've, I do um, yoga on, on YouTube and also continue to do mm -hmm. the live stream with my local yoga studio like almost every day because it just gives me a sense of calmness and stability i, I really love yoga but yeah um we'll we'll mm -hmm. um keep you up to date on social um make sure you shout mm -hmm. give us a shout out as to you know what you're doing you got you guys yourself like in, to make sure that you're maintaining a positive and mm -hmm. calm mental well-being you know look out for each other but most importantly look out for yourself that's right Yes, definitely. Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. You, ha If you have enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and share with your friends. Let's uh, make a great difference in increase the visibility of intersectional families and discussions. Follow us on our Instagram or Facebook for updates. Send us a DM or email if you have feedback or just want to chat on various issues. So there we go. We'll chat to you next time. Yeah, stay safe, guys. Stay safe. Okay, bye. bye.